You're listening to The Conservative Conscience. In Washington, politicians are full of half-truths and hot air. The Conservative Conscience is here to help you cut through the rhetoric and noise and explore the politically right way to think about the issues. You'll dive into one of the most insightful conservative minds in America. Conservative Review Senior Editor Daniel Horowitz. Using pure common sense and ignoring the groupthink, Daniel breaks down the major issues in Washington. You are now entering the Conservative Conscience. And welcome back to the Conservative Conscience. This is your host, Daniel Hurwitz, here on Westwood One Podcast Network on May 17th, almost at the end of the week. Cannot wait to be done with this long week. And as promised, we will have Attorney General Jeff Sessions on the show today to talk about border security, the rule of law, the courts, and possibly the drug crisis, as well as the danger of Hezbollah mixing in both with the border and drug crises. And, you know, just to think about what's in the news today, the moral dyslexia of so many people in the political elite as it relates to borders, sovereignty, and security is just astounding. You're seeing it with Israel's border, how there's this moral dyslexia that Israel needs to incur the same number of casualties as Hamas. Otherwise, they're being savage. Um, They have to evidently allow Hamas to penetrate their border and risk overrunning some of their villages near Gaza, um, you know, because it's kind of everything's on an equal playing field. So it's in that vein that you look at our border and they refuse to recognize the moral dyslexia of focusing on DACA amnesty which is not only not a solution, but is the cause, the catalyst, the impetus of the MS-13 crisis, the drug crisis. And I believe very much integrated into this is Hezbollah and by extension Iran and Latin America. And there's no regard for that. So it's in this context that you have President Trump talking with some local law enforcement, local political leaders in California about the concerns of sanctuary cities on how they have MS-13 gangsters they catch and they're prohibited by their state from turning them over to ICE. And Trump says, yeah, you should see some of these MS-13 guys are animals. And the media blows a gasket. Now, there's a whole debate among the media. Well, is he referring to all immigrants and calling immigrants animals? But the reality is you look at a lot of the media and they know he's talking about MS-13 and they're concerned that he's calling MS-13 animals. They know he's talking about MS-13. This is how screwed up they are. I mean, the left has become a movement for Hamas, Hezbollah, Los Zetos, Sinaloa, and MS-13. It's just astounding, and you know. Hopefully, if we have time at the end of the show, when we're done with the attorney general, I I, I want to get back to some of these themes and also tie it back into this discharge petition in Congress with about twenty Republicans pushing amnesty at all costs and joining with all the Democrats. But before we get to that, I believe the attorney general is now on the line. And you know, with no further ado, I really want to bring him here to the conservative conscience so you guys could get a sense of what is going on currently with some of the most important issues at our border 
the intersection of immigration, drugs, transnational crime organizations, Hezbollah. And let, let's dive straight into it. We'd like to welcome for the first time to the conservative conscience, Attorney General Jeff Sessions. Hey, Attorney General, how you doing? I'm doing great. Good, good to talk to you. You know, a lot of people had tremendous hope when President Trump became president. You were selected as Attorney General, particularly as it relates to the immigration issue. People finally thought that the border issue, issue would be solved. And indeed, a couple months into Trump's presidency, we saw something remarkable. We witnessed the, the most precipitous drop in border crossings in, in decades. But then, unfortunately, the last year, there, we've seen this surge. We've seen catch and release continue, um, despite the president's executive orders on properly interpreting the UAC laws, asylum laws, catch and release. Um, we, we see a lot of the Obama administration policies continuing. Then we have this caravan that openly challenges our sovereignty, almost like an invasion. And the president was very clear he was not going to let them in, yet we're seeing they're being let in at the points of entry. Could you explain to our listeners why they need to be let in and why they're not being processed at the Mexico City Embassy? The law allows uh, a person who comes through our port of entry and enters to be able to ask for asylum. Uh, And the law says that if you state a a case that you face material fear uh, or or, uh, fear, uh, if you're sent back home, uh, you're entitled to have a trial. And basically, that's what's happening. People are entering in record numbers. And the number who are claiming um, a credible fear and that they have a realistic fear if they're sent back home has surged because they've learned the magic words to say. Eighty percent of those who are screened uh, initially state enough of a claim to get a trial. They've overwhelmed uh, the system, and uh, it is um, pretty much a nightmare. The people who entered unlawfully have been apprehended, and if they are adults, they are being prosecuted, those who enter between the ports of entry. But it's maddening and frustrating, and uh, it's really an abuse of the system. Congress needs to help us with that. Uh, It's just uh, frustrating beyond words. Sure. In in this executive order, it was 13767, the first week of the administration was issued, uh, the, the the order dictated DHS staff to properly interpret um, the UAC statute to only treat them as refugees if they're, quote, severely trafficked, like the statute says, and that they don't have family in this country, and they're indeed here alone. But given that most of them are self-trafficked by the very families who live here and they're ultimately reunited with them, why are they still being given over to HHS? Why aren't we only according that status to those that are severely trafficked? Well, we're, we're bound by several things. One is the Flores consent decree that was entered into 20 years ago. Uh, and the judge, uh, when we've attempted uh, in the past to get them to modify it, has refused to do so and usually made it worse. Uh, the interpretations of it, you've got that, and you have the other statutory uh, language. Now, you, one thing you're correct about, 
President Trump is is uh, 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 not happy, and he is uh, pushing everything we can do legally. And I think the whole government has gotten that message. Certainly, we at the Department of Justice, who share the president's views 100 uh, percent, are pushing uh, every way we can to improve that. But I got to tell you, um, these. Our progress tends to be small. What we really need is clarification from Congress, and we're fighting for a big chunk of the uh, entrants who are coming illegally or abusing the law. The cases go up through the Ninth Circuit, and it's just very, very frustrating, the orders that they're issuing and the opinions that have been put out. Uh, So what we're doing is... uh, uh, doubling, we've doubled the number of prosecutions at the border of people who enter illegally. Uh, we're staffing up uh, the immigration judges so we can try these cases faster. And, and uh, if you can't try them fast, the court requires you to release them in the United States. And uh, we're looking at ways to keep them from entering the United States. Now, you mentioned the 800-pound gorilla in the room, the courts. And the, the, they've really been in the news lately on a lot of issues forcing the president to continue many of Obama's policies, particularly in immigration. Um, w- one of the concerns a lot of conservative conservatives in particular have is that no matter how you clarify in a statute, no matter how clear the statute is, the courts on in certain circuits and certain parts of the country have become so lawless that they literally supplant the law for their own political desires. So now you have an incontrovertible statute that requires people who are not here in pursuant to law to be deported, the courts are now saying you must continue issuing them DACA work permits, social security cards. Um, I mean, this is black and white. Would you at some point support – there's an effort from Representative Louis Gomer, H.R. 5648, to strip from the lower courts, not the Supreme Court, but just the lower Article Three courts, power to adjudicate cases – um, that you know implicate any right um, to claimed right to enter or remain in the United States. Look, um, we are definitely concerned about the trends of the courts, and the best way a vote a lot e- a easier vote to get passed in the Congress um, than uh, Louis Gomez's uh, pr- provision on this, which has. Uh, I think uh, a constitutional basis for it, the easier vote is simply to for Congress to pass a law to make clear how these uh, cases should be handled. And we have a right to do that. Congress has a right to do that. A person from abroad has no right to demand entry into the United States. They don't have a constitutional right to come. They certainly don't have a right to demand entry into the United States if they think that they can live a better life here than they lived in their country. That's not a basis to enter. We allow 1.1 million people a year to have uh, permanent legal residence, a green card in the United States. No country in the world is that generous. Uh, so we need to end this illegality. And you, as well as any commentator and observer in the country, know the details of this. And I give you credit for it. You've written about it, and you understand the complexities. But fundamentally, in my opinion, uh, what we need uh, is to move through Congress 
legislation that closes some of all of these loopholes and reestablish lawfulness in our immigration system. That's what the American people voted for. They are right to ask for it. It's just and moral and legal to have a system that's fair and objective. People should make their application to come lawfully, wait their turn, and if they don't get accepted, they don't get to come illegally. I mean, how basic is that? But but what what do you do when statute is black and white? And and the Ninth Circuit and you know we just had oral arguments yesterday on the DACA case. They seemed pretty inclined to keep the district court's ruling that essentially DACA is the law of the land, the opposite of statute. Um, at some point, so you're you're the you're in charge of interpreting the law for the executive branch of government. It's a separate branch of government for the judiciary. The judiciary is telling you in the executive branch that you must issue work permits. You must take an action. Not you know, it's not like the uh, Justice Department wants to um, issue capital punishment to someone, and the courts are putting a negative on your positive. They're putting a positive on your negative. They're saying you must use your executive powers against statute. At some point, given that you swore an oath to uphold the Constitution just like a judge does, don't you have to follow the Constitution and say law is clear that these people are illegal aliens. They cannot be given work permits. Well, I see what you're saying, but uh, <laughs> that is uh – a a good argument, um, but uh, you, it's hard to make that argument if Congress uh, won't uh, clarify the law, and uh, they can clarify the law, and we are going to win, in my opinion, uh, at some point uh, on the question of DACA. DACA was, uh, in my opinion, not properly uh, and legally adopted, and it absolutely can be uh, reversed and pulled down by the same executive branch that issued it, and uh, the first time that's the Department of Homeland Security. So they they have pulled it down, and uh, Supreme Court or Court of Appeals has now uh, uh, issued a restraining order, a temporary order blocking uh, that order, and it remains in effect, which uh, once again is maddening, and we are appealing that vigorously. And we expect to prevail. But it's just uh, clarifying language from Congress would put an end to that immediately. You know, coming over the border is obviously not just migrants. You have you have drugs. And then in addition to Central Americans, you have, you know, special interest aliens from the Middle East coming over. There were a couple hundred recently caught in the Laredo sector. Um, one concern, I, I've spoken to some experts on Latin America, that the Los Zetas cartel, which controls the Laredo area, has established ties to Hezbollah. If Iran would ever want to hurt us, this is really where they have leverage. They have a big base of operations. A couple months ago, Politico exposed the fact that Obama's administration in preparation for the Iran deal – canceled Operation Cassandra to target this joint operation to target Hezbollah in Latin America. Um, in response to that, your, agent, your, your department established a task force to deal with this. 
can the public expect any any news coming from this? And are you working interdepartment? Because uh, you know, just a lot of criticisms I've heard from the past is that there are too many walls between DEA and FBI, and then certainly DOD and State and Treasury. So, h- how's that task force going? And do you see more movement from Hezbollah in in recent months? Uh, we are making some progress, and uh, there was a concern that some of our work in which we used. Uh, 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 drug money and, and immigration money to fund Hezbollah and other um, radical terrorist groups uh, hadn't been aggressively pursued. So I've reinvigorated that unit, uh, and we are going to go after them full force. Uh, we also have people who get in here and then make money in the United States. Sometimes they defraud the United States people and send the money to uh, terrorist groups, ISIS, uh, uh, Al-Qaeda. Um, and so that is a violation of federal law to provide material support to a designated terrorist agency uh, like that. And we, we've got a string of cases that we continually are prosecuting of people in the United States, some of them are recent immigrants, not all, uh, that are sending aid to these terrorist organizations. It's a top priority analysis. Wow, and, and obviously DEA will be very involved. Just curious, final question here. Um, does the Justice Department plan to put forth a nominee to head the DEA? Yes. Uh, and, well, the president puts the nominee forward. Uh, it's a sure. presidential appointment. And uh, so we've made a number of recommendations to the White House, and we expect that they will uh, make an announcement before too much longer, yes. Um, of course, uh, we are pushing, and, and DEA is uh, making some good steps forward to prioritize uh, the opioid crisis. And, and as you know, a lot of that is coming across the Mexican border. Yep. Daniel, let's make this clear. The American people probably are understanding it already, but fentanyl, methamphetamine, cocaine, and heroin the vast majority, I'm talking about 90% in most cases, is coming across the Mexican border now. Uh, so this border is the source of so much of the surge in these dangerous drugs that are resulting in death rates that we've never, ever seen before in America. So wow. it has. we have another reason to try to bring lawlessness to our border um, than uh, just the immigrant group. And, of course, among the illegal immigrants, the criminal histories are so much higher than among people who come lawfully. So that's another reason you want to have uh, lawful immigration. We do background checks on people. And if they've got criminal histories, we don't admit them. Absolutely. But if they come illegally, uh, then many of them are fleeing just criminal prosecutions in their home country. Or they're drug dealers and, and that kind of thing that are carrying out their criminal enterprises. And when you have cities and states that say a a drug dealer who crosses the border on Monday ends up in San Francisco on Wednesday carrying drugs and he's arrested for for being a drug dealer, we can't deport him. And this is madness. This is open borders extremism. And people need to think this through. What these sanctuary states California and cities and counties are saying is that no matter 
that they came across the border illegally and are subject to be deported for that. Even if they come to my jurisdiction, commit additional crimes in my jurisdiction, we still are going to protect them and hide them from deportation and provide them sanctuary. That is a totally unacceptable thing. And, and we've got to continue to drive that issue. Wow, there you go. The nexus of illegal immigration, gangs, Hezbollah, drugs, a lot on your mind. Um, thanks for joining us, Attorney General. Uh, keep uh, keep uh, this country safe and continue standing for the rule of law. Well, thank you, and I appreciate your uh, uh, willingness to study these complex issues, and I appreciate a lot of your writing. Um, thank you very much. Looking forward to having you back. Well, there you go, folks. That was Attorney General Jeff Sessions. He was really generous with his time. I mean, I was supposed to only have 10 minutes. He gave me 15 minutes there. And yeah, I mean, I know a lot of you are thinking, well, ask him this, ask him that. Look, you know, hopefully we'll have him back again. I'm just glad at least we gave him this platform. You got to hear from him. Um, but look, you know, it's tough. Uh, th- there's a lot of diverse voices in this administration. Uh, They're not all singing on the same tune. That's very clear. And this is both at a department head level, but also at a White House staff level. So, I mean, they're getting a lot of these legal opinions. Uh, You know, you you heard we we, we talked a little bit about the courts. And you could tell, I mean, despite his just uh, matriculation through the ranks of the, the legal community, he, I, I think he fundamentally agrees with us on Marbury versus Madison that we, you know, I, I kind of referenced there, uh, that the courts are not the final word. That the executive branch also has an equal obligation to interpret the Constitution. But you know, politically, it's tough when you have fifty, sixty years of of uh, political precedent where the courts are treated as God. It's tough to push back without Congress. But you know, again, with with that said, I think there are things the president can do. Um, to be very clear here, this was part of Trump's memo, Section 235B2C of the INA, specifically allows the Department of Homeland Security not only to deny entry. I mean, someone could come to the gate and say, credible fear, and that's fine, but we don't have to let them in. And even if they, they're let in, we have the right to return to Mexico an alien seeking admission or asylum at a point, point of entry um, pending any outcome in their case. So we could process them um, – but, you know, th- there you go. Um, I'm heartened to hear as well that he is taking the Hezbollah issue seriously and understands it. Um, I've been speaking to a lot of other experts. Obviously, we had yesterday on the show Joseph Humeyer. Just, I mean, that, that show was insane. You should just know that whenever I speak to Joseph, I need to have pen and paper. I'm like, okay, Joseph, could you slow down a minute? Because he talks very fast. Uh, I-, I need to process that. He's just such a wellspring of information. I'm trying to just take information from experts and speaking to former Border Patrol agents, DA agents, and just try to piece together this Hezbollah issue and make recommendations, get get members of Congress on board with going after Hezbollah, making this a part of it. Because you can't look at Hezbollah, you know, Middle Easterners crossing, drugs, MS-13, and illegal immigration as separate issues. It's all one big open border creates the economy and atmosphere for Hezbollah, the Zeta, Sinaloa, MS-13 to operate and do what they do. If we didn't do this, if we didn't have these policies, if we didn't have sanctuary courts and catch and release and letting people in, we wouldn't have this problem. So all these people with their false sense of morality, oh, 
we need to have dream amnesty. They are responsible for empowering Hezbollah, MS-13, the cartels, and tens of thousands of drug deaths. I'm also glad that the attorney general recognized that um, this is this is almost exclusively an illegal drug issue from Mexico. The opioid crisis is a is a drug issue from Mexico. It's not a healthcare crisis. Certainly not over the last ten years since prescriptions have plummeted and have been clamped down, and deaths have um, really plummeted on the prescription side before the surge in illicit drugs. Uh, you know, and, and again, cocaine and meth are really surging. And I would argue on the cocaine side, that's where his bulla is mixed in. And they're not even opioids. We have a crisis in people ODing on Ritalin. We people ODing on benzodiazepines. So both stimulants and tranquilizers as tranquilizers as well. So it you know it's a general cultural problem we have. And by the way, you know, I had an interesting conversation with. A friend of mine, a new friend of mine who um, was a very high-ranking official in DEA intel and operations under the Bush and Obama administrations, and you know he he explained to me the robust Hezbollah trafficking into West Africa to corner the European market. Now, let me ask you a question. We're told forever that Europe does it right. They don't have this business of binge prescription pain medicine Oxycontin there. Oh, so how is there a drug crisis there? I, I thought it's Oxycontin's the gateway to heroin, and without Oxycontin, you can't have that. Oh, whoops, no. Europe does, supposedly doesn't have this you know, culture of pain medication, but Hezbollah is making a killing off the illicit drug market there, so someone's obviously taking it. So anyway, that's that's just a point lost on people. Um, but yeah, I mean, this entire nexus of MS-13, border migration, the open borders with his Hezbollah, the Iran issues taking place now. Again, you put yourself in Iran's shoes. This is how they're going to screw with us. This is where... I think we need to plant our flag, and I'm gonna I'm gonna really continue to focus on it. Um, you know, I'm gonna take a long weekend off, but we will try to put in another podcast this week. Text me your questions. Um, let me know. Send them to me on Twitter at Arm Conservative. Email me at dharwitz at crtv um, Let let me know what you want to hear from, what questions you want answered, what you want me to ask of the Attorney General and other similar government officials when we have them on. And uh, I'm just telling you, you need to get your members of Congress on these issues because we're, we're not winning. And you know, when I say we're not winning, I mean we're not even focusing. You can't win if you don't identify the problem. And that's what we're here to do, identify the problem and then come up with solutions. This is where I want to introduce to you a new sponsor to our show, Patriots at Dynatrap. So summer's coming now. It's been late. It's been cold pretty late into the spring, but you know what's coming. The heat and humidity is coming, especially where I live in central Maryland, where we got bugs flying everywhere. I want to introduce you to an amazing product. Talk about having the right tools to address a specific problem. So every year I have this problem around now. We get these gnats, these tiny bugs. You know, the big bugs you could usually catch, chase out of your house. It's the tiny bugs that just won't leave you alone. It's usually when you're eating 
they they appear out of nowhere and then you try to get them and I'm I'm like running around the house like a madman because you know me once my brain locks in on an issue I just I have to succeed in addressing it so I run around the table like a madman and then I can't find it anymore because you know it, it it never appears when you want to get rid of it but then when you don't, when you don't want to find it it appears and what's worse at night you get bitten up and I got three young boys they're always complaining about this they wake up the next day I mean there's nothing. Uh, more heartbreaking than, you know, especially when you have a baby and you see his face is just bitten up. Um, Dynatrap is an indoor fly trap, and it's amazing. So Dynatrap, they're, they're the leading manufacturers of outdoor mosquito and insect traps, but now they've come out with an indoor Dynatrap fly light. Dynatrap fly light. I've got to tell you, folks, this product really works. Um, I use it in my home, and I do not have any small bugs this entire year. You plug it in. It serves as a nightlight, so the kids love it. Um, you could put it in any room that you, you feel you need it in. And rather than doing what we're doing in Afghanistan, chasing a tribal warfare, you actually address the problem, and that's the flies. You can't kill a fly with a nuclear bomb, but what you can do is attract that fly to the light, and it sticks on this sticky paperback. And done. You, you replace it every 30 days or so. You know, if your wife is too scream, squeamish about it, you get to look like a hero and, uh, you know, replace that disgusting thing, throw it in the garbage, and you got to get a new one there. And you really don't have bugs. I'm telling you, with kids running in and out of the house all the time, you get them in the house. Even if you don't, they, they find their way into your house. Um, it is a really good product. Um, go to Dynatrap.com. That's D Y N A T R A P.com. Enter promo code Daniel. Receive 15% off on any other products. Dynatrap is a safe, silent, and simple solution to household insect control. It's silent because it doesn't have a zapper. Remember, it's not like the outdoor ones, it won't wake you up at night. Um, it's safe, not a fire hazard. It actually has a USB port on it. Um, you know, because it takes up the plug, but you don't lose the the outlet because you could plug anything into the actual Dynatrap Flylight. Really versatile product. Um, very impressed with it. And over and beyond that, you know, I speak the truth here. And anyone willing to endorse this program, let me tell you something. They're patriots. And this is the only way to win the battle of the left. I tell you this all the time. It all gets back to money. And the reason why so many of my colleagues will not speak the truth is because the money's not there. So someone willing to sign on to this, let me tell you, they're one of us. They're worthy of our support, aside from the fact that it's just a terrific product at Dynatrap.com. Thank you all for listening today. God bless. This has been another episode of The Conservative Conscience. Conservative Conscience.